Welcome to Q&A, a deeper dive with Sam Holm and other guests as we dig deeper into the sermon content each week. Hey, welcome to a deeper dive. Uh, my name is Ryan Toom, and the missions minister here at First McKinney. I'm actually in place of Mark Presley today, our usual host. He is on a mission trip. I'm sitting here with uh, Dr. Samuel Holm. That is me. Yes, I'm glad you're in the room, Ryan. Too. <laughs> uh, people used to use, you know, uh, their their titles. They would throw them around a lot more. I feel like we've lost that. Well, so it, titles can be good, and they can not be good, depending on. Yes, you're just so you're you're just so humble. Well, yes, you don't want to use it. <laughs> oh, yeah. so my title? Mm-hmm. No, so I, I get to serve as pastor here yes, yes, at our, our church. Pastor. Yeah. I just like to mess with you. Um, yeah, so in this podcast, we usually look back at our previous sermon, and um, like we say, it's a deeper dive, um, answering questions, thinking through aspects of the sermon or the text that you know you only have anywhere from maybe 25 to 45 minutes. You cannot get to everything. Like Scripture has that much going on. Any preacher knows that there's a lot that you have to toss out if you're going to have a clear message and a concise message. So um, we've been walking through the book of Mark. Uh, we're in Mark 11 now, and um, this last sermon was over, Mark 11, verses 1 through 11. Um, tell us a little bit. Just do a little sermon overview for us. Yeah, definitely. So yep. fun to jump back into Mark. We had a, a, a little one-week break on Mark as we did our, our Commitment Sunday with Multiply. As we're back into Mark, this is the triumphal entry, and most are used to this being the Sunday of Palm Sunday when you hear the story, because it's the the Palm Sunday story, but as we're walking through Mark, like a third of the Gospel of Mark is the last week of Jesus' life, so a third of our series will be in this last week, and this hits first Sunday of spring break, and so some in our church were listening on a beach, actually had had photos sent my way of, of family members in our church joining us from far away. Uh, but it was it was fun to look at the triumphal entry of Jesus, and so uh, yeah, basically this climax of the scriptures of Jesus coming into Jerusalem. We talked a little bit about the meaning of the place because Mark makes a big deal of the place, and then this donkey that he rides in, <laughs> like a big like why would Mark make such a big deal out of the the donkey? And we see it's the climax of his ministry leading to Jerusalem. It's the climax of all this biblical prophecy leading him to this point. And then the people praise him. But when they praise him, uh, they're expecting a political deliverer. Like that, they're they're looking for a king that's going to deliver them from Rome. Uh, they're they're wanting a kingdom here on earth. And so we asked the question this Sunday, what kind of kingdom are we building? What kind of kingdom are we after uh, as we do this Multiply Project? Just coming off of last week, I've been thinking about that as a church. Uh, Jesus goes into the temple. He sees what's going on in the temple, and then he comes back the next day, and he throws tables over, you know, and he's like, hey, this is not what's supposed to be going on here. Uh, he said, this is uh, specifically, I'll read his words in verse 17, is it not written, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you've made it a den of robbers? And we want to be a church, hopefully, that will be about making disciples of all nations and going to the nations. And Mark Presley is not with us. He's That's where mm-hmm. he is. But then we also ask, what does that look like in our own lives, in our own hearts? And uh, are, are we after a political deliverer uh, like they were? Or is that what we're pursuing? Are we, we out for personal 
deliverance? Are we are in our life? Are we actually making our faith about promotion at work or about our family or about the next financial goals that we have instead of about our King who's come, whose name is Jesus, who died in our place on the cross for our sin and in worshiping Him and responding to Him? Um, yeah. Uh, big moment in Scripture, mm-hmm. it's crazy. So many people were reading Scripture, and they still missed it because they were looking for someone who would build a different kind of kingdom for them. Yeah, something that you said from the pulpit, I forget all the numbers and percentages, but just how much all four Gospels focus in on this week. Right. You know, you think of three years of ministry, um, so much is happening in Jesus' life, and all the Gospels focus down to the seven-day period. Like all of this, the story and the time just... Yep. into one week. Yep. And um, thank you for the reminder that, yes, the spring break, thank you for reminding me that I'm not on a beach somewhere. So, <laughs> Sorry for um, that. Yes. Now now I'm feeling convicted because I made it about me and I'm just envying people and I'm, just, I'm jealous of, of what they're getting to do and, you know, yada, yada, yada. But seriously, I think you brought up the, the whole kingship thing. And, you know, every week we look at questions that we get. And one of the questions this week is around kingship. Like, why, I think in our day and age, like 21st century Americans, this is a hard concept to relate to sometimes. I think, um, especially if someone didn't grow up in church, like you kind of grow up in church, like, yeah, God's king, Jesus king, that's great. Um, but to the rest of the world, especially in our society, why, like, why would someone be so excited about someone having control over them in a society like ours? It's so independent. That's right. so uh, democracy filled and empowered, which is, hey, we love our the way our country is set up, it's it's a beautiful thing. And at the same time, like talk to us through that kind of tension for someone like us submitting to a king. Like why 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 should someone be excited about that? Yeah. So I love this question, and, and to be honest, uh, to be uh, Mark said that last week. Hopefully, we're honest <laughs> all the time, all the time. Yes, not just on the podcast. Yeah, uh, I don't know that I have a full understanding of what kingship is. And it's one of those things in Scripture that as I read, it's clear that Jesus, I mean, over and over and over again, the kingdom of God is what he came to build and proclaim, the gospel of the kingdom, and he is the king. Uh, I I genuinely, genuinely don't know that I get a full mind wrapped around it. But one of the fun things for me of late is I've been reading about Egypt. And Egypt, you know, where the people of Israel went before they left Egypt, wandered around for 40 years, God sets up for them this process of uh, judges, but they want a king. Like, why would they Why would they want a king? In, in Egypt, the kings were worshipped. Uh, the, the pharaohs became godlike, and they complete control over what was going on. Uh, Why would the people of Israel want a king? Well, they obviously did, and they got some bad ones and some good ones, but then they were waiting for the one that would come and sit on the throne of David forever. Several things that I would say, and I don't know I'm right. In fact, I want to throw it back to you and get your thoughts on it, Ryan. The countries that were successful at the time for Israel around them were countries that had strong kings. And so I think they longed for success to be in control, to to be in power, and the way they, they would get there as a country, they thought, was through having a strong king. Um, second, uh, they had so many bad kings, I think they were, they were longing for a good king, and uh, they should have been longing for the kind of king Jesus was coming 
to to oh, yeah. to, to to literally humble himself, die in their place, to give them, uh, like we talked about the week prior, and his riches he became poor, so that we by his poverty might become rich. But they they didn't have a context for that kind of king. Uh, they they didn't. They had never seen that kind of a servant mm. leader king. Even David himself kept his wealth right. Uh, so, but the the second thing that I I I, I think that drove them to that as they had bad kings, uh, so many bad kings. So they had seen countries that were winning and in power, and they, they had good, victorious warrior kings, and that they had had so many immoral and, and bad kings. And so they were longing for, for a king that would do both. So Yeah. I think, like you said, um, how Israel had even gotten to that point, the Jewish people had even gotten to that point, um, and a lot of it, idolatry, disobedience. I mean, there's the covenant that God made with them, right? Um, and so much of it, kind of what you're talking about, they want this good king, all these things, probably for themselves, right? Like they want liberty, they want freedom, they want um, uh, material things. Like they they just want blessing and prosperity. It has to do with a lot of that. Um, but if it's more of delighting in the king himself, right? Delighting in God, as God said, in the Old Testament, you want a king, fine. You're, you're going to get a king, but it's not going to be that awesome. Like, I'm I'm your king, and like you need to delight in me. And even I, I think about, like, my own family or my wife's family, the patriarch who is still, like, her grandfather or, or, like, my dad on my side, there's actually a great delight when they're in charge, like, when they're the one leading because they're godly men and they they lead well. They, they lead with humility and, and gentleness, and it, there's a delight, I think, with the family of going, yeah, when they're, when they're leading, you're kind of going, good, I'm glad he's in charge. Like, it, it just it brings peace. And um, I don't, maybe they were missing that a little bit. And yeah, I think that's something we're missing with the way that we interact with our leadership now. Um, but as, as King Jesus came in, the people are shouting Hosanna. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that word. Um, and, uh, you know, some people look at, this is one of the questions that came in, is this crowd that's so excited for him to come in, who's shouting that, hey, this is the God who saves us, this guy right here. Is this the same crowd who seven days later is saying crucify him or five yeah. days later? Yeah. Crucify him, crucify him. So this, uh, if, if you've listened to Protestant Christian sermons on Palm Sunday, this has become one of the go-to statements so often at the end of the Hosanna's is this, this is the same crowd that was crying crucify him on Good Friday. I, I want to read the verse then again just to dive deeper in verse 9. He said, and those who were went before and those who were following were shouting. So this is the crowd before and behind Jesus. They were outside of the city walls. They were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. What are they really doing? Well, we talked about this on Sunday. They're singing one of the Hallel Psalms, which is one of six psalms that were sung as you would go into Jerusalem for Passover. Uh, it was part of the tradition of Passover that they would sing this holiday song. So this is part of the crowds that probably were not residents of Jerusalem that had journeyed to Jerusalem for the Passover and they probably, like Jesus, were actually staying outside of Jerusalem during the week of Passover. Jesus stayed in Bethany. We know that from the gospel writers. They tell us where he stayed at night because there would have been no room in Jerusalem for all of these people to stay. The crowd that was chanting, crucify him, looks like it was a lot of the religious leaders and some maybe that had, had joined together, but that were in Jerusalem at night 
And so it probably was not the same crowd. Maybe some overlap. We know some of the religious leaders were involved as you look at the story of Luke because they kind of try to correct what's going on, tell them not to do this, whatever. But uh, it's it's probably not most of the people are not the same ones. They're going to cry crucify him at the end of the week. I do think, though, that the point that a lot of these pastors make when they're talking about this applies, like when everything's going good and you you, you think, hey, <laughs> yeah. th- then then it's easy for us to celebrate Jesus, you know, whatever. Uh, but when we're upset with him, you know, we want to get rid of him, and maybe we won't probably as Christians use the words like, hey, death to Jesus. I mean, we wouldn't do that. But there's times when we turn our backs on him and we run the other way because we want what we want and not what he is providing us. Um, so yeah, that, that's my thoughts. I don't think it's the same crowd, but I think the point applies. Yeah. And it is interesting what, again, what they wanted, what they had their minds set on, right? How much that contrasted with what his mind was set on, which is the cross. Like they had no idea where he was headed, that that was his destination. He knew that. And he knew that they didn't know that. And, um, just a complete uh, misunderstanding of what's going on. Mm-hmm. So most of them would probably be just shocked, right? Even that, that that was happening. So yeah, like you said, probably minimal overlap. Um, but often, even for those of us who spend a lot of time in the Word or have gone to seminary or whatever, like we still miss often because of our own flesh, our own sin, our, some of our blindness of the heart of God, what God actually desires, uh, despite having been told time and time again, the Jewish people are just like this. They're, they're like a child, it, just like us. We're told time and time again, and we just miss it. And you have children in your home, oh, yeah. so you, you know what I, this looks like. Oh, yeah. Uh, how many times have I told them, it's please and thank you? Like, I mean, how many times? You probably tell your kids that thousands of times between the ages of zero and I don't know what. I, my, my oldest is only five, but... Um, and they were all stars, by the way, for the little singing time oh, yeah, during, oh gosh. yeah, two weeks that was ago. Somewhat alluded to by Ben this last week, and that <laughs> I, I may have shot him a little text, but yeah, they you should have. He did allude to it. Yeah, they they knew how to how to steal the show a little bit. Um, but Jesus, he he wasn't everything everybody expected, especially what you talked about at the very end of the sermon. What happens after this? After he goes into the temple, what happens the very next day? that Jesus is flipping over tables. Um, talk to us a little about uh, that story, uh, like what he's doing there, maybe how that could even apply in our lives now. Like what what proverbial tables would he want to be flipping over? What point do we need to hear yeah. as a church? Maybe even First McKinney as our, our lead pastor, identifying that going, yeah, this is something that we need to be, that we need to be about, that we're not. Right now. Yeah, good. I'm, I'm going to read even the question there word for word. Yeah. Would Jesus come and flip over tables in our church? <laughs> awesome question. <laughs> How do we know if our church is truly a house of prayer for all nations? Um, so a, as pastor here, and I know you're pastor here, and I know Andrew here sitting on the left of me, I told him just recently in a note that he hasn't read yet because of birthday that's coming up. He helps everyone to hear the gospel through our church. This is something I think about a lot, right? Like what is it in our church that Jesus wants to happen and would lead his church to happen, right? He's Hopefully this is the Church of Christ, not, not Church of Christ denomination, but it's his church, yeah. right? not mine, not yours. What What is it that he would want to happen here? If it's Father's house, should be called a house of prayer for all nations. 
How do, how do we know that's happening or not? Yeah. I believe uh, there are no perfect churches. Uh, I believe that there are, you and I had a conversation, I had, had a conversation with someone in our church recently that was expressing concern around something in our church. Um, I need to listen hard when people say, especially many that I love and respect that are in our church, say, hey, here's something I'm concerned with. I need to listen hard. And then the flip side is, uh, I think we also need to listen hard when people that we love and respect are seeing God work in their lives and doing big things. Um, so I don't know if I'm, I'm trying to get to the answer to the question here real quick. I think you know when you see lives change for the glory of God. I think you know when you see people who are discipling others, fulfilling the Great Commission, which is make disciples of all nations, ethnos. I think you know when you see people leaving and going to make disciples. You and I had a meeting this morning with someone who's in our mm-hmm. church, uh, mm-hmm. just got a four-year visa uh, to get to go to South Africa to work with one of our mission partners, he and his wife. Uh, I think you know when you watch people uh, pray and not just uh, a little bit, but to really devote their time to to pray, to write prayer notes, to to come alongside of people and lift up uh, people in prayer. Um, so I think I think you know when you see uh, people praying, uh, people going to the nations, all ethnos. Uh, so, do I think we do this perfectly? No. Do I think that we have tables? Do I think look, maybe I should say it this way? Do I think there's tables in my own heart that God needs to still turn over? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Uh, if we ever believe we've arrived, then we're in trouble. I think we should invite Jesus in more and more and more, and we should see times where tables are getting turned over so that we can become more a house of prayer for all nations. And if that's not happening, we're probably content and not moving the right way. So, Yeah, I once heard um, someone say something along the lines of, you know, a, a revival, like some kind of movement of God always starts in the hearts of his people, mm-hmm. right? Not some big performance or event or, you know, it starts with the heart in any great movement or uh, profound work of God. I've also heard it put uh, starts, it started with someone on their knees, like yeah. praying, like pleading with the Lord that prayer is what built it. And so, yes, may we be a, a church that prays, that a praying church, a, a church that that pleads with the Lord, calls on his name. And, and really positions positions ourselves in a posture that, yes, yeah, says you are God and I am not, mm-hmm. like putting him in his rightful place. And th- prayer has so much to do with that and has so much to do with the positioning of our own hearts. And so um, just kind of looking ahead, uh, we have this, the text this next Sunday yes. uh, out of Mark 12, uh, dealing with aspects of the heart, and then um, kind of talk to us about where we're headed, and then uh, we'll close this thing out. Well, you next week are going to be leading us, Ryan, too. So yes. yes, I cannot wait to hear what God... Well, I've, I've heard a little bit because we've, <laughs> we've, we've spent time with the feedback mm-hmm. team. I don't know if we've said this on the podcast recently, but one of the cool things for me is getting to be with a team of people in our church that are just church members and then also people in our church that are staffers that love the Word of God uh, to give feedback, uh, coaching on on sermons, but also to speak into what the Holy Spirit shows them in the text that we'll be preaching. And right now we're using a new format that Ryan brought to the table the, the last time he preached. And I was like, hey, that's cool. I want to I try that format. And so right now we're looking actually about 10 days out, 11 days out, uh, 
with with this team uh, letting us. So I, I have a little bit of an idea of 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 what God's showing you in the text. But tell us tell us what we're going to get to dive into next week. Ron. Yeah, we're going to be looking at the Great Commandment. So um, really, if you could boil down everything that God asks of us, commands us, um, is calling us to, uh, this text uh, answers that. And I remember this hearing this in my twenties, like the summation of the law of God, the heart of God. So we'll be talking about that on Sunday. I'm excited about this. Um, I think it's something that it's a, fra- uh, part of it is a phrasing that people use all the time. Uh, Christians use all the time. And, uh, I think anyone, no matter where they are in their walk, have to be reminded of this, of let's boil it down to something kind of simple. And cause we can get a little too complex. Sometimes we can overthink things. So, um, I'm excited for that. Uh, I'm excited to see, uh, where we continue to go in the book of Mark and obviously as a church. Um, and again, this, like we were talking about, it's a private and corporate thing. We pray privately. We also pray corporately. We study the word of God privately and corporately. We do this thing in community. And so, um, as you get to listen to this, if this episode or any other episodes have ever uh, blessed you in any way, we just encourage you to share it. Um, go ahead and like it, uh, rate it, uh, do whatever your app is asking you to do for this podcast. Not and, because we uh, want to be popular. No, that actually helps them get out. The way the totally. algorithms work with social media stuff, yes. this gets it in the hands of other people if it's yeah. helpful. Yeah. And I mean, I, I know in my life, I've, I've been blessed by so many different things on social media and different forms of media that men and women have put out just cent- centering around the Word of God. And so, um, yeah, our hope is that uh, if it encourages you, if it blesses you, uh, just pass that on to somebody else. Um, I, so that's that's our hope for this thing, that, yes, the gospel is advanced and the kingdom of God is advanced. So uh, we look forward to doing this again next week. Yes, it's going to be great. Hey, just a reminder, there is a real kingdom and a real king. Uh, his name is Jesus. He is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. In his love and by his grace, he lived a perfect life. He was the perfect sacrificial lamb, right? We, we talked about it a little bit on Sunday. He died on the cross for your sin in your place and rose again, proving who he was. Repent, believe, follow him, and be part of his kingdom now and forever. Amen. Thank you for joining us this week on Q&A at Deeper Dive. We hope you'll like, subscribe, and share this podcast along with others. You can submit your questions by texting question to 96123, and we'll discuss those each week. Again, thank you for joining us.